0: welcome up the honorable reverend, Skip Bower Socks.
1: Isn't this like the, the weirdest, this whole thing, the weirdest thing ever? Like,
0: Well, talking? part of the I mean, problem is, is that you've been so gracious and accommodating, people are confused. Right. Like, Wait, I thought we got I rid of I thought you were leaving. Right. Like, so when are you a- leaving? Run away. Right right, right. right. But we're still friends. Good <laughs> Absolutely. friends. Absolutely. And I, th- I think I've mentioned this before, but they still love hearing you
1: preach. And so that's yeah, been right. a good Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, was thinking, I was thinking this morning, if there's one thing that Church on the Rock does well, it's resignations. Man, we rock it when it comes to resignations. <laughs> No? I'm gonna you know, take that and chew on that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no ideas. Anyone else? No ideas.
1: Well, actually I, I had a I have an idea. I have a recommendation, a suggestion. Uh, I don't now? know. Phil and Donna Reeser are in okay. the house. That's right. And oh, he's still got right. a few good years. He's still in him. So anyway. He's still got some life left in him. That's right. <laughs> Welcome you guys. So good to see you back in Homer.
0: Good to see you. Yeah. Well, I won't take any more of your time. Yeah. We're jumping in. This has been fun. I, I know, really the minor enjoyed prophets. the minor prophets. Right. Yeah, me too. Little sort of snippets of God's message at a different time and place, but so yeah. valuable. Right. Pray for yeah. you. Thanks. God, I do thank you for Skip and uh, the grace upon his life, the way that your spirit works through him for our benefit. And again, we ask this morning uh, that we would receive with open hearts, ears to hear, and a commitment to act upon your word. We commit this time again to you in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. I was joking about nominating Phil and Donna, although they would be awesome, but Phil, of course, as many of you know, has a long history here in Homer, but now he's, he's famous in Indiana with a radio show. There's like 20 people who know him, so I doubt you want to give that up, right, and come to come to Alaska again, but... So when I was a kid, I met the Lord uh, when I was 13. I actually grew up in a Christian home, but I actually made my own uh, confession of faith uh, when I was about 13. I remember sitting in a small, little, teeny, uh, uh, rundown church building on East Hatch Street in Sturgis, Michigan, Missionary Church there. And watching a young man who I admired go to the front, to the altar, and he was praying. And it was clear by the way the pastor, Pastor Dennis Owens, was interacting with him that something, something was happening there and that Jamie was, uh, was making a, a decision of eternal consequence right there at the altar and sitting in the, in the audience watching that and admiring Jamie and thinking to myself, uh, the thought that I had was, and if Jamie needs to uh, confess faith in Christ, uh, then it's time for me to do that as well. And so, right there in the privacy of my own, my own little pew there, um, asking the Lord to forgive me of my sins and just confessing that I, I'm trusting in Him, that He is my strategy for uh, salvation. And, um, and that began a process, one of the priorities for me as a kid coming out of that commitment is uh, one of the priorities was to get to know the Lord, to to begin to develop a very regular daily routine of putting myself in front of him, uh, making sure that I am uh, experiencing some kind of intake from the Lord on a very regular basis. So in the morning I would get up and read uh, my Bible and it took some time to figure that all out, right? And then respond to his word through prayer. And uh, so I, I started out with a long list of things that I wanted to pray for. I actually, for a, for a time, um, I actually had on my list, I was praying for the salvation of Madonna. And uh, so what, I, just, I just offer that to say that, um, that my list was long, right? I spent a lot of time praying for all kinds of stuff. And as, as time went on, the, the list changed, and, and my, my discipline of meeting with the Lord changed, and, and uh, for many years uh, into my adulthood as a single man, my, my pattern was I would read, um, at, at least I would read uh, uh, the, the proverb that was uh, correlated with the date on the calendar, right? So today's, what is today? The 16th? 16. 16. so Proverbs 16, and then I would turn to Psalm 16 and add 30 and add 30 and add 30 and so that was kind of my routine for years and years and years, and praying through my little list. Each week, I would make a fresh list. This was my pattern, and I so enjoyed meeting with the Lord. I remember sitting in the, my, as a, as, a, as a grown-up now, a single man, uh, sitting in my little kitchen table in my little house on Cottage Street, and uh, every morning, before I would go to work, having, having breakfast, and then uh, time with the Lord. It was so, so sweet. And then I got married, and uh, um, there was a woman in the house. And so um, we stayed up late. And uh, uh, it was harder to get up in the morning and and to get into my routine. And it took quite a bit of time. After after that major life adjustment, uh, it took quite a bit of time to get back into a routine of meeting with the Lord, right? Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a really good discipline pattern, and then something something kind of throws it a little bit? And I was just starting to get back into my pattern. Thank thank God that I was teaching at ABI. And I'll, I'll tell you this: I've always admired people who are out who do not have occupational ministry, who have a discipline regimen of meeting with the Lord. And I've always felt like the Lord knows that He cannot trust me with that discipline. And so he keeps me in occupational ministry so that I, am, so that I must be in the word, right? And uh, I'll roll with that. I just uh, appreciate the life of being in the word. Anyway, I had begun to kind of get back into my daily routine of meeting with the Lord, and then we had kids. And there goes everything. There's no rhythm anymore. And then we had another one. And what was what what few fragments of that routine that I had kind of scabbed back together? Pew, and it was totally destroyed. And now my children who I love dearly. Uh, I I jump out of bed, I go to work, and uh, in the evening when I would like to meet with the Lord, I say to my kids, you know, they, they just want more and more and more. They're relentless takers, and I'm the bedtime guy. I'm the guy who puts them down. And so I'll say to my kids, listen, I could read this fourth princess book to you, or I could go upstairs and be filled by the Holy Spirit. What should I do? But they don't care about me. They don't want me to be happy or satisfied or anything like that. And so after the sixth princess book, I drag myself upstairs and on the way to the living room, I say to the Lord, this, I'm absolutely exhausted. There's no more of me for you. Uh, so I was going to meet with you, but I'm going to watch uh, 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 Jason Bourne, and you're welcome to join me, you know. Uh, so that's how this evening's going. And that seems to be the new routine. Um, it's hard, right? It's hard to, it's hard to create uh, uh, time with the Lord. It then once you've created it and you have a rhythm of things that are meaningful for the two of you, it's hard then to protect that. From, from all these distractions that would rob from you precious moments that would drain from you life and energy, right? All of these things, whether they're, whether they're people or, uh, or uh, obligations or even even sometimes even just physically how you, how you feel, maybe uh, ailments or different things like that that, that rob that from you, right? And so today what I want to do is, is uh, just kind of have a simple uh, one-way conversation with you about what I discover here from the, uh, the prophet Haggai's message to the people to begin again to rebuild the place where you will meet with God. You know, the gospel tells us That our standing before the Lord, our righteousness, is entirely his work. That he has done everything necessary for you and I to, even in this moment right now, confess our trust in him for our salvation and to know that it is handled. That he has gone to the cross and his promise to us is satisfied. You can be saved, right? And, And the gospel message says that promise is made and kept that's the good news. However, if you would like to experience this God who has rescued you, if you would like to know what it is to hear His voice, to sense His peace, to receive His instruction for the unique personal decisions that you are making, if you would like that experience, that, that will require some intentionality on your part. That will require some work, right? And so today, I want to talk about, from Haggai's message to the Israelites, I want to talk about two unavoidable realities to rebuilding our meeting place with God. Haggai's talking about rebuilding the temple, God's meeting place, the place where God is, the place that I approach, a place of prayer, a place of receiving revelation, a place of worship, right? And for them, it was a temple, it was a building made of stone. Uh, for us, it's, it, it's not like that any longer. For us, it's, it's, it's a place, it's a time, it's an opportunity that we make a priority, right? A place where we go and we meet with the Lord for prayer revelation and worship. And so the temple was destroyed by the Babylonians. And in time, uh, all, all, the, all those that lived in Jerusalem, all the Jews that uh, lived in Jerusalem, the temple is destroyed. All of them are scooped up by this enemy and taken to another, another place and, and displaced. And they lived there as refugees in Babylon. But in time, the Lord allowed, in His grace, allowed them to return to uh, another generation, to return to Jerusalem and to begin to uh, rebuild this temple. Uh, So it was uh, actually the Persian king who allowed them to return and do that. But the Persian king began to receive notice that these Jews, as they were building this temple, uh, the, the local enemies of that nation. The local enemies of the rebuilding Jews began to tell the Persian king that when these people have their temple, it will be a a distraction to them. It will be a division of their allegiance. These people will no longer serve only you, Persian king, but they will also be serving this god. In fact, they will serve this god in priority over you. And so we recommend, for your own benefit, Persian king, we recommend that you cease permission uh, for them, that you would tell them they are no longer allowed to build this temple. And so a message comes to the the Jews who are rebuilding. The message says, you must stop rebuilding this temple. And the people look at each other and they say, "Uh, I guess we're not allowed to rebuild this temple. What's left for us to do? We'll just start rebuilding our own homes. And so they did. They began to rebuild their homes. If you look in uh, the book of Ezra, which we're not reading from, but just for your own fun, if you crack open the book of Ezra, you'll notice the white space between uh, the end of chapter four and the beginning of chapter five. It's about a 10-year period of time where these people were not permitted to build their meeting place with God. And so instead, they built their own homes. And it didn't take 10 years to build a home. And so then they began to uh, accessorize their own home and put up paneling and make their own homes, just kind of indulge in their own preferences for their own home while the temple of the Lord sat over there, only partially built. And that's where Haggai steps in as a prophet. And when we talk about the prophets, there's, there's a verse, and I'll just tell you this, for me when I, as, a, as a teacher, for me as a preacher, there is a, there's a number of things, a, a particular ways that I like, uh, it's like this. I, I jump off of this stage at the end of a Sunday morning and I want some feedback but I want a particular kind of feedback. So I often ask uh, my, my good friend Scott Fraley, I'll say, how did that sermon feel? Did it feel long or did it feel short? Because I know for Scott, if it felt, uh, if it felt short that it was captivating, right? It was interesting, right? I kept his attention, and I, I, I call that a success. One of the things that I evaluate, that only I can evaluate about a message is uh, I was taught by the prophet Jeremiah. He says that, uh, that a prophet of the Lord stands in the counsel of the Lord, He stands before the Lord, and he hears the Lord's message. And then with that message, he runs with that message to the people. He does not make up his own message and take that to the people, but he stands in the counsel of the Lord. And so I evaluate that as well. Have I stood in the counsel of the Lord and run with his message? And I love these prophets because that's exactly what they do position themselves to meet with the Lord and to hear his voice. And so after doing so, Haggai comes to the people, and this is, this is what happened. Haggai chapter 1. In the second year of Darius, the king, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah and to Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Thus says the Lord of hosts, these people say the time has not yet come to rebuild the house of the Lord. That's a statement. These people say the time has not yet come. It's not time. We've been told there's too much going on. You're not allowed to build the temple. Verse three. Then the word of the Lord came by the hand of Haggai the prophet. Is it a time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm, and he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, isn't that just like come with power? Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, give some thought to your patterns, consider your ways, go up to the hills and bring wood and build the house that I may take pleasure in it and that I may be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, and behold, it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, declares the Lord of hosts, because of my house that lies in ruins while each of you busies himself with his own house. Therefore the heavens above you have withheld the dew and the earth has withheld withheld its produce. And I have called for a drought on the land and the hills, on the grain, the new wine, the oil, on what the good brings, on what the ground brings forth, on man, on beast, and all and on all their laborers. Then Zerubbabel son of Shealtiel governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehoshadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of the hosts, their God. I want to talk about this morning about rebuilding God's meeting place. And I don't want to be, uh, 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 this message is precious to me. And so I don't want to be confusing. I don't want to be tricky. I don't really want to be clever. Let me be, let me be crystal clear what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about rebuilding the building. I'm talking about, again, in the midst of all that you have going on, in the midst that all you must do. And, and listen, I know, you must do those things, right? This, in a crowd like this, we are not time wasters, right? We're hardworking people with real obligations. And I would say to you, this morning, I want to talk to you very honestly about in the midst of all of that, about once again creating a new uh, a, a rhythm of placing yourself before the Lord so that you might receive revelation, so that you might hear His voice, in your own personal ways that you might be fed and nourished and directed by the Holy Spirit through prayer, through, uh, through times of worship, times in the Word, okay? So when I say rebuilding God's meeting place, that's what I'm referring to. And this is what I would say, the two, uh, the two unavoidable realities that we must deal with in rebuilding One of them is that I would say to you, uh, regardless of your life situation, this is the time. Now listen, I've got kids, and they wear me out. I love them. What a way to be wore out, right? By raising beautiful little girls. And uh, it's awesome. Everybody should have little girls, right? I love it. Um, And yet, it's still not an excuse. It can't be an excuse. I'm not saying it isn't a legitimate strain on your schedule. I'm saying you need the Lord, right? You've got to make that, uh, create, carve out some time for that, whether you're raising kids, whether you are uh, whatever you're doing, right? Um, This is the time. And so let me just be Uncle Skip here for a few minutes and just talk to you about uh, time, and meeting with the Lord and how all of that works. Of course, you and I are not angels. Um, uh, I am more not an angel than many of you, but what I mean by that is uh, we are not, we, oh, let me say it like this, unlike the angels, we are bound by time and we are bound by space, right? This is the material we have to work with as we have our own experience with the Lord. And so we must embrace that reality Um, If you are wrestling to meet with the Lord in meaningful ways for all the busy things you have going on, let me just uh, ask you to consider riveting uh, an encounter with the Lord to the things that you must do. This is actually why we often pray before meals. It's because it's it's become a tradition. We've riveted prayer to meals because we all know you're not going to miss a meal. Right? You're not going to miss a meal, and so if you train yourself to come to the table and begin it with prayer, then you have encountered the Lord in at least a small way, uh, that, that type of thing. Maybe you should consider, what are, the, what are the, uh, the elements of my life that I could rivet an encounter of the, uh, of the Lord to, uh, a, a piece of His Word, a moment of prayer, a moment of, of worship, uh, rivet uh, the, the, the encounter of God to things that are ordinary. Uh, there's a classic book, um, Brother Lawrence. How many of you have read Brother Lawrence, Practicing His Presence? Good, many of you. Absolutely, beautiful, short little book. And he talks about how he, he had a desire to pray continually, as the scripture talks about. And so he began to rivet times of prayer to, to different activities, and he... He talks about he would go and wash dishes and he began to love to wash dishes because it was an opportunity for him to encounter the Lord. That's what I'm talking about. And I would just encourage you, if you are rebuilding a meeting time with the Lord, to make it something that is actually achievable. You know, one time I I was thinking about prayer. uh, My wife is a prayer. If you ask her to pray for something, she'll do it. And the Lord has here, has, she has the Lord's ear in that. Uh, I believe the Lord listens to my prayers, but, I, but he better listen quick. I keep them short. I just, I don't have the attention span to go on and on and on, right? And so I, I'm, I'm sincere and I throw it out there. Uh, and I mean it, uh, but, uh, but they're short. You know, I, I actually, I read through the scripture, the, the gospels one time, and I timed myself reading all of Jesus' recorded prayers. And uh, Jesus was a short prayer too, apparently. I can read all of Jesus' prayers, every one of them. That one of them is more than five minutes for me reading. And I'm kind of a slow reader. So what I'm saying is, make your, make your, if you're rebuilding, make it achievable. Make, it, uh, make your discipline, your tradition, something that, that can actually fit into your world so that you will be more likely to Uh, make that encounter. Throughout Scripture, and I've mentioned this before, throughout Scripture, whenever man is building something for his own glory, the Tower of Babel, the pyramids of Egypt, there's always a, uh, he always builds with bricks. Have you ever noticed that? nice squares that fit nicely together you don't have to deal with the inconsistencies just slap those bricks together make it all the same it's for my glory but the lord never builds for his own glory with bricks he always uses stones he always uses something that is a little bit one is different than the other and so each one of us plays a little does our does our meeting with the lord a little bit differently from somebody else that's entirely appropriate Don't do exactly like somebody else does if it's not working for you. You have been saved. God is pleased with you. You are the righteousness of Christ. Enjoy that freedom by experimenting with meaningful ways to encounter the Lord. You have that freedom. Your own unique style and personality absolutely must be considered. Build uh, in unique ways. And of course, as you consider... uh, the role of time in your life and in your encounter with the Lord. Of course, there are things that, uh, in order to say yes to the Lord, you will likely have to say no to something else. And I know that this will sound like, like I'm an old fuddy-dud. But I don't think there's ever been a generation on the earth that has more opportunity to be distracted than this generation right here, right now you have the opportunity to blow so much time and energy on stupid stuff, right? Right there in the palm of your hand, right? Get rid of that thing, you know? Put it down. Make that part of the rule. I don't, I don't pick up the phone until I get out of the shower. I, I leave the phone in the car or Whatever, you know, come up with some way of reigning that life sucker, reigning that in so that you might have the benefit of encountering the Lord in meaningful ways. And that is the challenge, I think, of this generation, our generation. Now, and I don't mean generation like the kids. I mean all of us. Marla, you too. You got a cell phone? <laughs> all right. You too. All of us, right? Um, we got to be careful about that thing. It, it, it will rob us of what's precious. So we got to think about time. Where, here's, here's my question for you: Where is one area in your daily routine where you can recapture some moments to meet with the Lord? I'm not even talking about hours, I'm talking about precious moments. Where can you, you know, just move things around just a little bit so that you can recapture some unseized time to meet with him? This the uh, the second unavoidable. So, rebuilding God's meeting place. This is the priority. If you're going to meet with the Lord, it's got to become a priority. The Lord is a gentleman; he sits quietly waiting for you to notice that he's in the room. And so it will be important for you to, to make this a priority. He says, you know, uh, you guys, you guys, uh, uh, you built your house and then you went ahead and paneled your house. The reality is that there is things that we must do. We must build the house, so to speak. There's work that we must do. But let me ask you this question. Are your indulgences catered to before you invest in your relationship with the Lord. Do your job. Make money. If you're good at making money, then make a whole lot of it, right? It's God's God's grace in your life for you to be very successful. Are you popular and have a bazillion friends? Wonderful. Be popular, right, and enjoy that. And yet, I would say, make as a priority this opportunity, this tremendous opportunity to meet with the Lord and to enjoy Him, to, uh, to invest in your relationship with the Lord before indulging in paneling. The scripture says, um, this passage here twice, Haggai says, consider your ways. Uh, make an evaluation. Don't kid yourself, right, about your, your encounter with the Lord. Own the reality of your priorities. If meeting with the Lord has been pushed way into the margins because all, all you, that you are doing, then you need to get real about that. You need to be honest about that and consider your ways. Uh, he, says, um, he says, you, you eat with your, your busy, bad self. You, you eat but you're not energized by what you eat. You drink, but your life is still dry. You're clothed, but you're still chilled. There's no warmth there. You know, there's a balance between ruling and subduing, and making uh, your time with the Lord a priority. Find that balance by making it a priority. Uh, When I think about people who have their whole life been faithful to uh, meeting with the Lord on a regular basis, one person comes to mind. Um, This is someone I've known my whole life. And uh, they're they're not in Michigan, or they're not in, in Alaska, they're in Michigan. I thought I would give her a call. This is my mom. This, from experience. This call may go longer than I we had, had hoped, but I've got ways of getting out of it. So, well, it's 50, 30 years of practice here. Hello. Uh, hi, Mom. Hey, Skip. How are you? I got... I'm good. Good. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thanks, thanks. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I've got some friends here, and we were just talking about uh, having a daily routine with the Lord. And um, I just was mentioning how you, you've you always been such a great example of that. Um, yeah. So, so you raised three kids, and you were married, and you had a you had an in-home business. You had a daycare. How many kids did you babysit? I had a
2: dozen.
1: You had a dozen. But when I was a kid, it was it sure felt like more than that. How, <laughs> how, how many did you have, like back in the day? It was crazy. You mean in
2: my daycare? Yeah. Oh, I I had twelve to
1: fourteen. Yeah, It always felt like one of those illegal puppy farms to me. Oh, I loved it. I you loved, loved it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were good at it. Hey, listen. Give so, the babies. <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about your, your routine um, uh, meeting with the Lord.
2: Um, it, I'm an early morning person. That's my time with Him. If I don't get it in then, it gets crazy during the day. And yeah. uh, I really need that empowering from Him. Um When I was suddenly found myself as a single mom with three little ones, it's when I realized I most needed him every day, right. and uh, I think that's when I found it so important to make that be priority and he came through for me. I needed him so much then, mm-hmm. and now you know, continuing it's just he's my vitamin daily, <laughs> yeah, right
1: so um. Uh, you know, we've talked about like how, how of course, you were kind of, uh, at that point, you were kind of in a crisis situation where you, you needed him and then you continued to meet with him daily. But how, how did you discover uh, even, even uh, to make that a priority?
2: Well I grew up watching that with my parents. Uh, my father was a beautiful example of that he, uh, I would find him as, as a little girl, I'd find my dad early in the morning down on the couch with his Bible spread either across his lap with his head bowed over it and reading or uh, on his knees with that laying in front of him. That was he. He showed me that, how important it was. And then, as I grew up, I had found myself in a situation where I realized that's that's what I need. That's who I need in my mm-hmm. in my life. So it was his example, and he lived his example every day, and that meant everything to me.
1: Yeah, that's great. So raising three kids, um, no doubt, your kids gave you reasons to really pray hard, and also even really <laughs> reasons to uh, to really just you know spontaneous. Praise to the Lord, yeah. Throw up up prayers lots of times. Well, send one up is, I think, what you mean, yeah. Throw up sounds like vomit, but... No, that's not what I mean. Yeah, right. right.
3: Just a few words here and there as
1: I need you through this. (laughs) Right. Well, so my real question is, you know, um, I'm sure that uh, of those three, there was probably one in particular that resulted in more praise than the other two. (laughs) Is that true? More praise. So, I just wondered if you could tell us which one, which of the three. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, well, I, listen, at different times, it was different ones,
2: and you really were my easiest. I right. you, you, you very early in your life were seeking the Lord, and that made it easier for me because you were on board. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. That's, that's beautiful. Thank you. Hey, I'll catch up with you later. Say hi to Dad. Okay, love you. Give my girl a hug. Okay, bye bye. Okay,
2: love you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> a mom who's raising three kids, single mom. She's got all these other people's kids at the house. She's busy, but she knew to make that a priority, and it became a testimony even to her own kids. Right? It's life giving. She needed them. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, it's a little bit strange for me to uh, stand before you and to, uh, to preach about discipline for meeting with the Lord. For me personally, um, I don't know that I, could, I can say with a lot of integrity uh, uh, that I've, I've kept a disciplined daily routine, quite honestly, and I feel I need to be this honest with you. If I meet with the Lord in very disciplined ways, if I do that probably four out of seven times a week, I call that good, right? That's probably my, more my routine. I connect with him every day, but actual sit down and give him time, it's like that, right? But I can say this to you with integrity. I want for you to know the, the sustenance, the value of hearing God for yourself in personal ways, I want you to know, I want you to be blown away by his capacity to speak through ancient text to today's decisions and today's struggles. I want that for you. I found it for myself. I want for you to know the joy of seeing his creativity in his word and his shaping prayers, the peace that comes from that. I want that for you. I've experienced that myself. And so uh, I just, uh, it's a privilege for me to call all of us to that commitment one more time. Uh, I'd like to invite the worship team to come forward. I would say to you as a church, Church on the Rock, you're lucky to have me. (laughs) In fact, you're lucky to have our our whole teaching team. We have about five people that are regularly uh, bringing the word to you. A, a, a group of a group of guys that are, are quality guys. In fact, I was tallying up this week, uh, and, and those that are a part of our regular teaching routine, we have uh, over 90 years of occupational ministry experience. We have eight different degrees. We have three wet saws, and one of those has a 12-inch blade on it, which is really nice. In other words, we're bringing some quality stuff to you, and it's our pleasure. If your strategy for encountering the Lord is limited to what you get from us this on Sunday morning, you're looking at a very anemic experience of the Lord. We are supplemental at best, right? (laughs) Or at least I am. (laughs) Uh, It's time to, this is the time, this is the time. To make a priority, again, of finding yourself standing in the counsel of the Lord. We need Him, right? So would you stand? Well, as you know, at Church on the Rock, we have a number of ways that we like to offer you to respond to the message. We have offering receptacles around the room. We have communion uh, tables, an opportunity to... Uh, to take the blood and the body of Christ and remember his death on your behalf. We have a number of people that would be glad to pray with you. And of course, uh, now we're going to go into worship. As this happens, may you consider what it would look like for you again to rebuild your meeting with the Lord. And I know I'm running long. I just want to say the... uh, the gospel has provided for us as Christians this tremendous opportunity to repent and repent and repent. And so the Lord says, I want to meet with you. And I say, oh, I know you do, but it's been so long and I'm embarrassed now. I dropped the ball and, and I, I I, I, I'm bogged down. I'm buried in the rubble of what I've allowed to be destroyed. And the Lord says, forget that, rebuild. Oh yeah, 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 but I don't really know what to do, and I'm not, I'm not smart like, like Skip and Aaron. I don't have any of those degrees, so when I read the Bible, it's confusing to me. And the Lord says, I know, it's fine. Rebuild, right? It's been so long since I prayed to you. I know. Rebuild the meeting place with the Lord. Here's one thing that's true about buildings: it is the repetition that gives integrity to a building. It's stone after stone after stone. It's stud after stud after stud. It's nail after nail after nail. And even if your repetition is one of repentance, there's integrity to that. Return, rebuild, come back. Meet with the Lord. If you you drop the ball today, do it again tomorrow. Not drop the ball, try again. Come back, meet the Lord, okay? I'm done. Enjoy Uh, the
3: Lord as you worship. Happy Father's Day. Thank you, Skip. This is precious to me. I never knew what a regular meeting with the Lord meant until 13 years ago at Alaska Bible Institute. A student came to the school for just a few days because he had a message for a few people. He was a prophet, and I was one of those people. He came over and he says, Dan, God has more for you. But you'll only find it on your knees. And he said that three times to me. I was so curious that the next morning I got on my knees. I said, Lord, what's more? I didn't hear anything. The third morning, Lord, what's more? He said, More power. I said, Why do I need more power? To break fetters and chains. I didn't even know what a fetter was. I looked it up. And it's the metal clasp that's on the ankles of prisoners. I knew it was from the Lord because I didn't know what the word meant. And then he started using my wife and I to help others get free. I'm here today to say there's more for you, but you'll only find it on your knees. And right now, you don't know what the more is. So go there. He won't won't not only bless you, but he'll bless others through you. With whatever more he wants to give to you. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Dan. If uh, God's moving on your heart, respond to the moment now. Uh, Prayer is available uh, uh, from now for a little while longer if you want to respond there. Of course, you can respond however you feel comfortable. Uh, The picnic starts at 2 p.m. We're eating food. Bring your kids. It's going to be a blast. Bring a side to share. We're providing the main meal. Um, Baptisms will be at 3 o'clock. And if you want to get baptized and if you're planning on it, um, come meet Aaron up here at the front in about five-ish minutes or so. Um, We're going to have a great time. The weather looks like it'll be pretty nice. It's going to be a great time. Um, So we don't officially end until 1230. Thanks so much, team. It's awesome. Thank you so much, Skip. And uh, so hang around, help tear down, and have a wonderful Sunday. We'll see you out at the homestead at 2 p.m. Bless you.